Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, the second full hour of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. If you've enjoyed this, or if you haven't, you just want to let me know about that. I, <laughs> I, do, I do this and a few other podcasts a week. You can find everything that I do on ericvonline.com, E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E, dot com. It's kind of a hub site. takes you to everything. You'll find the podcast, the Facebook, the Twitter, all of that sort of nonsense that everyone else does. I always rail like I'm, I'm so different. But you can uh, listen to these shows there, too. These yeah. shows are actually yeah. there as well. Uh, when we get done, we put them all together and, and throw them up there, and we have a couple other podcasts that we do. We actually do a podcast right after the show every week called Doctrine After Show that's, uh, that's available there as well. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Our friend Autumn Fisher is off this week. Uh, producer Jared Yamamoto is here. You just heard English Nick, and you're going to hear more. English Nick, because it is time for Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. All right, what's the world outraged about? Well, they're disappointed. That's the polite way of saying it, but <laughs> Buckingham Palace is outraged. <laughs> we are disappointed, darlings. They're outraged at footage from 1933 showing the Queen performing a Nazi salute has been released. So the Queen was seven, I believe, at yes. this time, and her younger sister is three. There's an uncle, too, and yes. they're, they're Edward? doing the, the Heil Hitler salute on the yeah. on the lawn there. You understand the lineage more than me. Is it Edward the Seventh that's on the lawn with them? Mm-hmm. Edward someone. One of the Edwards is on the lawn with them. <laughs> Who had had meetings with Hitler and stuff oh, yeah. well, prior to pr- World War II? Well, the first thing that needs to be understood, the reason Buckingham Palace is a little oogie about this, although you can understand that they wouldn't want this out there anyway, but uh, yeah. you know, the truth is that there were elements of the glitterati in England uh, and the royal family that were uh, very touchy-feely with the Nazis. Uh, and, um, there's a little bit of German in, in that lineage of uh, the royal family, and there were a lot of people... You know, the academics at the time thought that uh, in the early 30s that, uh, you know, maybe Hitler is good for Europe and Germany. And there was a lot of talking going on behind the scenes. My understanding is from people, I I read something of a photographer, somebody who's familiar with this stuff, that it comes from a film where they're really, the way, it's it's a very English term, they were larking about. Yes. They were larking about. Having a lark. They were having a lark. And uh, so, uh, but it was described when I first read it that uh, the Edward, whichever one of them is there, the the adult, is teaching them how to do the Nazi salute. And then I saw that maybe that's not true. Here's the deal. There's nothing really significant about this, Mm -mm. but it's hilarious. (laughs) It is hilarious to see. I can't laugh too much. I want to get back to England at some point and see my family. That's true. But I mean, when you're, you're, I mean, first of all, (laughs) just seeing the queen at seven years old it's hilarious. Hey, look on her face. She's very uh, serious. Yeah, she's she already, really yeah, is. She, yeah, she's already like the queen when she's seven yeah, years old. She's yeah. very, it's like, this is the most fun she's ever had. She almost cracked a smile. So it's just <laughs> hilarious to see the queen. I didn't even know she was ever a child. I thought that she was just like born 50 years old. <laughs> I had no idea that she was actually a child. And it was, you know, it's, God, that was 1933, and she's still the queen. Yeah. I mean, she's been doing this queen thing a long time. She's pretty experienced. When did she point. become the queen? 56 or something? Somewhere in the 50s, I yeah, believe? Fi- so, yeah, I think 53 maybe. But I mean, she was, in, she was in line, and she already knew at seven to act like a queen, to be a proper young mm-hmm. lady, it, just with a look on her face. And so I... I believe the stories that, you know, they were larking about. 
I don't think there's really anything to it, but it's still hilarious to see the queen the head, the headline. giving the the the, the uh, Heil Hitler salute um, at seven years of age. Let's bear in mind this was on the front page of the Sun newspaper, and I use the term newspaper very loosely. Are they a tabloid? Tabloid. They have the page three girls, you know, mm-hmm. the topless ladies. But the queen's he- not there. I no, no, no. That would be wrong. That would be a complete outrage. <laughs> the <laughs> the headline is their royal. Highness. Ah, yes, very good. I'm surprised it's not in uh, you know, the the newspaper that's interesting to me. And I don't know, somehow I've set my Twitter and the way that I follow different news organizations. I get a lot of stories from this paper called The Guardian. Yeah, me too. Oh, on yeah. Facebook. The best I could tell, this paper exists just to let the world know how stupid America is. Every story in the Gu- every story in the Guardian is oh boy, these dumb Americans. And I'm thinking to myself, first I take offense, but then I don't because I realize, well, I, there's no paper in America that is all about just telling people what boobs the uh, English are. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? There's no, there's, we don't have any kind of paper here that's, oh, these are idiots in England. Look what these idiots in England are doing. Yet there's this paper called The Guardian. Yep. They release the Snowden stuff. They, the whole Assange stuff comes out. Of, uh, they're a conduit for anything anti-American. So I got to think that, that that plays over there. There's a group of people who just can't get enough reading right. about how stupid Americans are. Obese Americans. <laughs> Donald Trump's been on the front of The Guardian for yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Donald Trump's speaks for yeah. everybody in America. Yeah. Can you believe this? As if they haven't had stupid leaders in England with bad teeth. Donald Trump has good teeth. Yes, sir. Oh, no, I can't believe this. So, so back, Queen Elizabeth has been queen since 1953. Yes. Yeah. 1953. Yeah. That's and, you know, 60 years. And I'll tell you something. I don't think that, uh, I, I think that she hates her son. Because Charlie? Prince Charles is, he's a, what, in his 60s? Easily. Probably almost 70. <laughs> he's in line. And she's 800. And you would think that she would just think, you know what, just I'm going to throw him a bone here. It doesn't I'm work gonna, that way. I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let him be the king for five minutes before, uh, it looks like they're just going to pass over this guy and go right to- She's uh, got to pop her clogs before he can take over as king. So. Now, does she have Some to resi- die? <laughs> yes. She has to die? I believe so, yes. She can't, hey, we have popes resign. Popes retire now. It's, it's a whole queen, new world. Eric. I just feel like she could look at her poor son, who's his whole life thought he was going to be the king of England for at least a moment, and you'd think that she would say, ah, I'm just going to say I'm too unhealthy, or I can't do it anymore. And Eric, I'm, yes. she's the most important woman in the world. Is she now? Yes, she yeah, is. What's she done? Everything. She, how, tell me, the royal family, and I'm not totally against them because I don't care, yeah. um, they're basically a welfare case, right? I mean, well, they get really, a lot of taxpayers' money, they but they, they also off, raise... They're, they're raise famous a, for being... They're like the first reality stars. They're famous for being famous. They're, what do they do? Let me tell you, if they were in Atlanta, Georgia, they'd be at the Carathon tomorrow night <laughs> they raise they a lot care. of money for great causes <laughs> all right okay they yeah. raise money because but i mean do they but what do they do as like there's all this stuff over there where if there's a new prime minister it has like the queen has to say okay you're the prime minister but it's just a rubber stamp yeah yeah the people vote for the prime minister and uh so there's no, a whole no, no she can have the prime minister beheaded if she disagrees with him really it just what? hasn't happened that still happens it's take just, him to the tower <laughs> it's just yes. so they pretend there's power there yeah. my uh my in-laws my 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 father-in-law's no with us, my mother-in-law. They're they're English. They were born in mm-hmm. in England, and they're they still have their, their. My mother-in-law still has her proper English accent. And I used to have uh, uh, not arguments, but debates with my father-in-law about this. And his response was, "It's good for tourism. It is good for tourism. Basically, if you got rid of the, that's really what they're there for. If you got rid of it, then the the show would be gone, and they'd lose a lot of tourist dollars. I think a lot of the younger generation, as 
people, you know, yeah. younger generations come along, they're not so with the royal family the older generations were. Yeah. Well, see, but, this might help out because this uh, this this picture of her when she's seven it might it might up the German tourism. Yeah, yeah. Well, more people might become interested in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Couple of different flags flying <laughs> over Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Again, it is uh, it's meaningless. But it's hilarious. Give me another story. Another story. Somebody who's outraged about the Kim Kardashian Rolling Stone cover is our friend Sinead O'Connor. She's Sinead. 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 She's always outraged about. Remember when she ripped up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh, You know what's interesting about that though? That she never. She shouldn't. She did it the wrong way. You shouldn't rip up a picture of the Pope. That's outrageous to a lot of people. Um, But you know what that was for? The reason she did that was because she was trying to get attention to a lot of the scandals with children that. Ten years later, became at front page big scandals for the church. That's why she did it. So she did the wrong thing then, yeah. but the, that was the reason that she did it. And so she was a little bit ahead of the time on that. Um, I'm outraged that anyone still believes the Rolling Stone is an important music magazine. <laughs> yeah. she, she's she's upset because Kim Kardashian is on the cover. What did she say? Something like it's she, the end of. If she, she swore, said music has officially died, who yeah. knew it would be the Rolling Stone that murdered it? Okay, well Rolling Stone murdered music a long time ago. I remember when I was. 16 years old 15 or 16 years old yeah I uh, I think it was 1980 I saw Rolling Stone they had the village people on the cover and I remember I was outraged at the time because I was all about rock and roll disco man disco's terrible and I'm rock and roll is the real thing so you know when the Rolling Stone magazine put the the village people on the cover I sort of learned that okay this is just to sell magazines yeah all right Rolling magazines I don't even know why any of them exist anymore have you picked up say a time magazine lately it's like a leaflet yes when I was a kid time magazine was chock full it was heavy it was full of advertising now it's like a leaflet Rolling Stone the same thing Rolling Stone magazine used to be a bundle I mean it was so big in 1976 you had to put it on your back and take it home you know, I mean, it was so big and now you pick it up and it's just like well, it has no weight to it because there's no reason for these magazines to to live on now because everybody gets their information online so it's kind of ridiculous but I guarantee you this Kim Kardashian I don't care about her but it'll sell more Rolling Stone magazines than they've sold in a long time and that's why it's there and Sinead O'Connor this idea that Rolling Stone magazine means anything anymore it means nothing Time magazine means nothing Nothing. I mean, Jared, you're what, 26? Yes. You don't even remember. I mean, Time Magazine, the cover of Time Magazine. There was a song called The Cover of the Rolling Stone. If you were a band, man, you wanted to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone. It means nothing now. Yeah. So for Sinead O'Connor, let's not even get into her weirdness because she's weirder than weird. Uh, For her to get outraged over this is like... Did she just wake up and it's 1987 or something and she thinks Rolling Stone magazine should matter to anyone? She even said that Bob Dylan must be blank horrified. It's like, Bob Dylan doesn't care about Rolling Stone? Here's the the secret about Bob Dylan. He's a capitalist. Ah. Let's get the hell out of here before before Sinead O'Connor comes after us. All right, a couple more outrage stories when we return. That's why the lady is a tramp. Welcome back. Channel 2's Brad Nitz is predicting a high around 95 with a solid 7 on the Mellish meter. This weather report is brought to you by Shoemake, the official air conditioning of summer. And I uh, believe it's time to try to squeeze in maybe another outrage going on in the world, English Nick. Eric, it seems there's a lot of cake outrage of late. <laughs> All right, you know what? Is this another story another about cake. how... What happened with bake? How did cakes become at the nexus of all social 
scandal and issues that divide people. It's for some reason cakes are always involved. It's either like flags on the cakes or people are saying I'm not going to make a cake for these types of people. And it all be I've not, when did cakes become time political? to buy pies? I'm telling you, pie time. We talked about this before. We're going to go all pie because they're just apparently they're neutral. Pies are like Switzerland <laughs> compared to cakes, which have suddenly become the most political things in the world. I never thought about it. It's just cake. Let's say something about a cake. I had a great. Uh, I've had great cakes made for events before, and there was this one. I made a movie. We had a premiere, and we had a cake made that was unbelievable. I mean, it had reels of film coming down it, and there were actual stills from the movie inside the reels, that you, inside the film coming down the side. But this is one thing I've learned about cakes. The better they look, the worse they taste. A good-looking cake that really wows you is not going to taste good. It's all fancy, but it's not, all yeah, because you know, they have to put like concrete over the top to make things. Don't you work. feel guilty eating it too? Uh, I don't know if guilty is the right word. Right, but you I do mean, kind of so destroy. You mean because the cake that looks great is like a work of art? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the. No. That's, it's like radio. It's disposable art. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this particular cake outrage episode, a woman noticed that her son's dino birthday cake. Dino or dino? Dino. Or the dinosaur. Yeah, the dino. Oh, because kids like it. So it's a birthday cake. Yeah, kids like dinosaurs. It was a brown chocolate cake. It said "Happy Birthday, Noah." It had a blue dinosaur, and the dinosaur had three legs. The legs looked like six, six, six. That was her problem. All right, sign of the devil. <laughs> right, you sent me the story. I looked at the picture. You really, really have to be looking to see six, six, six there. You do, and and then this is hilarious. <laughs> if I owned that bakery or whatever, I would say, "Look, you know what? Can you do me a favor?" Here's your money for that cake, and you can keep the cake. And the next time you want a cake, would you? Here, here are five competitors that I have. Please go there because there's something wrong with you. But that was not the way they responded with this like well, real apology. And you know? of course, we live in a social media age where some people chimed in on Facebook. One person said, "I work for Costco and was a cake decorator for five years. The dinosaur should have had a fourth leg." Okay, maybe he should have. There was a mistake. Well, that would have been a four-six, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's idiotic that people actually believe. I think that I. Think I think Satan is talking to me through this cake. <laughs> I mean, I really think they're, they're, they're coming after our children. You know, dinosaur cakes are always a big one when you have children. Uh, a little, little personal story from my life. My wife is usually a great uh, cook mm-hmm. and even pastries. And She made this great French toast thing this morning that's unbelievable. But when uh, when our, our, our son, who's 30 years old now, on his fifth birthday, for so, she made a cake that was a dinosaur cake, and but she forgot to put the yeast in or something. It didn't rise. We had all these kids coming over, so she threw all all this candy on top made it look really wonderful and and she thought it would make the, the kids were not fooled all they did was pick the candy off the top the cake was horrible so that's outrageous that is outrageous These, anybody outraged by a dinosaur cake really needs to check themselves when we return the time has come we can avoid it no more it's greg russ studios from studios stories from studio b1 You've seen the headlines, skyrocketing health costs, unknown future for the economy. Uh, welcome back. I am Eric Von Hessler. This is the Von Hessler Doctrine. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. Hello. Sundays mean the Von Hessler Doctrine. Right. But that's not all they mean. Of course, they also mean the Sunday AJC. Of course. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Go out there and pick this one up today for a deeper look into the state's billion-dollar gamble on toll roads and the likelihood you'll give up money to bypass traffic jams, which uh, 
I don't know. Some people are willing to pay for that. I'm some. I don't. How is that thing going on eighty five where it goes up in price? When is do, do people use that? Or oh, the hot lanes. Use, the hot lanes is that? I don't. I don't use that commute very often. It, so de- not, it definitely moves faster, but I mean sometimes you see that rate. I've seen it up to nine, eight, nine dollars. Well, that's before. where you want what? it because when you no, but you want it to be that way because then you get over in that lane. There aren't a lot of people, and you can uh. move on. If it's fifty cents, you just got another lane. That's the idea. If you're willing to pay, you can go and. People say, well, that's just for rich people. No, because what it does is it opens, by those people getting out of your way, it opens up your lane as well. I've never used them during rush hour. Tell me about the. It seems to me when I drive through there, what if you have to exit? Like you're all the way on the left lane and your exit comes up. It doesn't seem like there's a easy. You have to, now do I have to go over four lanes of, of crowded traffic to try to get to my exit? Yeah, you've that's got to plan it in advance, obviously. Yeah, to get over, sure. Yeah, so to me, I, they should have built. Easier exits. They've and got I, a couple hot lane exits. So you know, right. they, you know, we have HOV exits like yeah, in, in, yeah. on the connector. So yeah. I mean, so they they have some of those too. Okay, because it doesn't do me any good to go really fast and then have have to try to get across four lanes of a traffic jam to get on an exit. So Eric, when you get your flying car, no, that will be will be a I problem for I you. I do not believe in flying cars. I know that stupidest idea of all time. Mm-hmm. Every fender bender you see now that will have fallen out of the sky. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> well, look, we can't avoid it anymore. <laughs> My misanthrope friend Greg Russ is waiting for us in New York City. He's a misanthrope. He Told has you. a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg I Russ with stories from with Studio B1. Hey, Greggy. Did you ever think you'd get such a warm opening on uh, WSB Radio in Atlanta, Georgia? No, I enjoy it. I think in the history of WSB Radio, which it's a long history... Probably no one has that kind of opening ever. You're right. See, it's just it's it's, it's just for you. So, what, what stories? Well, from, I, I would like to say first, you want to solve your traffic there. Maybe some mass transit. Maybe maybe a oh, and that's a, isn't that that's a penny? I'm not paying a penny tax. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is so New York of you. And what everybody look just because mass transit works for some cities doesn't mean it's going to work for every city. And what kind of mass transit is going to get you all the way up 85 to Gwinnett? That's I don't know. Maybe uh, I use uh, I use mass transit like when you go to like a the Stones concert or something like that. But I don't I don't, I don't use it very often. I know some people do, but uh, I don't think it's a great idea for every city. It works for Boston. It works for New York. The way those cities are set up, they're pedestrian friendly. But uh, but just uh, metro areas with a lot of suburbs and a downtown. I'm not so sure that it works as well for that. I've got it. Flying trolleys. There you go. Yeah, the trolley's working out so well. I think people have referred to this as the flying trolley, just because they don't want to swear in front of their children. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the flying trolley? (laughs) Have you been on that thing? (laughs) So uh, give us a story from Studio B1, if you will. That is what you're here for, right? Yeah, that's why I joined the show. And you know that I'm a fashion expert. Yes, Uh, I know that, amongst other things. This is something that people know about me. That Greg Russ, he really, he, he dresses sharply. <laughs> <laughs> He's a smart dresser. Yeah, and uh, that's why I'm here to tell you that shorts with men, uh, they're in again, but not just shorts, short shorts. We're it's, talking about five and a half inch shorts. Is, is this, uh, this is not becoming a trend. Now, when you say short oh, shorts. It is, it is becoming a trend. I think of like the NBA in the 1970s. Is that, that what you're talking about? Yes, oh. there is this, there is this throwback to these old athletic style shorts the short ones but they're 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 you know at this point the shorts that people wear for casual encounters not just sports now so i guess the only thing that really matters here is do women dig it all right i mean that's that's all that matters is and, and if it's becoming a trend then some women somewhere are encouraging this i have to assume 
I would have to assume too. Now, since I am a fashion expert, here's my advice. Don't wear shorts at all. I don't care what kind of shorts they are. <laughs> I haven't worn shorts uh, in, since 2008, I don't think. I went to the beach once and I had shorts on then. Uh, and I feel like a bathing suit is different. Yeah, a bathing suit doesn't count as shorts uh, because it's a bit, you're going, you're going to, uh, and why does it call it a bathing suit? It should be called swim, swim trunks. Right. Swim trunks is better. I'm not going for oh, a bath in the ocean. Oh, you can call it a backpack or a book bag. It's your <laughs> choice. But I Greg, I forgot about that. Uh, you and I are actually in simpatico on this. I don't wear shorts around. No. I, I mean, maybe no. around the house or something like that. But I feel goofy when you have like half the leg is gone. Like I just what I'm going to wear half pants. It just seems goofy to me. But uh, we're in the minority, my friend. People what, love their what, shorts. What women want to see hairy, pale, uh, bow bow legs? I don't. I don't think they really exist out there. Now, even if they're in shape. You got some good calves going on. I don't, I don't think it needs to be shown off. Well, English Nick is, is 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 wearing shorts right now. Yeah, but mine come below the knee. I know, but you yeah. know what? Can I say to you are that? Uh, Hold on, are they cargo? No, they're not. They're not cargo. No, no, no. What, what kind? Because that was really a big problem too. I didn't like the style of shorts. There was cargo shorts, and that was about it. And the longer ones. And now these are really short, and I don't want those. But. Oh, I don't funny. like I don't like fashion things that pop up. Be, like the, I think the th- the idea of cargo shorts is that they're like utility, like like a, a like a roadie for a band. Cargo shorts are good because you can you have a lot of things. You Construction can, you workers, yeah. yeah. And, but the, I don't like the idea that it just becomes fashionable and then everybody wears these things with eight hundred pockets and they don't have anything in any of the pockets and it's just a matter of fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that there was a time when carpenter jeans were in and they had that that slot for the hammer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, yes, and no one had a hammer. As a matter of no. fact, if you saw someone with a hammer, you get frightened. Why is this guy coming to a party with a hammer? So there's, so, yeah. <laughs> so you have the utilitarian, sure. Those, those kind of now the fashion is just for fashion, for sake of fashion. And uh, Chubby's is a company that's uh, just focusing on this. So for you, Eric, they say don't go to the five and a half inch shorts. It's too short. That's pretty short uh, for a tall man like you. You should try out the seven inches to begin with. Well, you know what I do is I try out just full, full-on pants. I, I think on English Nick on this. I, 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 I don't say things like this, but when I see somebody showing up at work in shorts like that, I, <laughs> I feel like, and you, I think you've got. Do you have shorts on now? I have jeans, jeans on right now. Yeah, but you have worn shorts. Sure. I feel like it's disrespectful, like to walk into an office and you're doing work. I don't know. I don't. It's like I, I don't go so far as needing a suit and tie every time you come in. But it just seems to me like if you wear shorts to work, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be in here for a couple hours and then I'm gone. I'm heading somewhere else. My mind is somewhere else. It's also 97 degrees in Atlanta today, so it feels but a lot I believe more comfortable. It's, I believe it's air conditioned in this. Well, studio, it is. So. It is. There is a story in this building that apparently Clark Howard, when we had our old general manager, there was a strict no shorts policy and, and he, Clark Howard threatened he said he would leave the company if they didn't allow him to wear he shorts he used so. his power for good he did and now we can wear shorts here <laughs> he wears shorts every day of the yes, day that, he does. that is true I hadn't thought about that but he is he is public enemy number one when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to men wearing shorts uh, hopefully he won't go for this I mean he looks he still looks like a young man but you know he did just turn 60 I hope he doesn't go for these short shorts let looks. me tell you these J. Crew shorts that Greg's talking about mm-hmm. they're way out of Clark's league he, he spends <laughs> Three dollars, I guarantee, on his shorts right, yeah. from somewhere. Yeah, these, these that, and that's another thing. People pay as much money for yeah. the, all the fabric. I've never understood this. Shouldn't shorts cost half as much as your pants? They're half pants. Makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Give me another story from B1, if you will, Gregory. I guess he's not there. I think we lost him. 
Sounds to me like we lost him. That's okay. Uh, I know I know one of the uh, stories that he was going to bring up, I'm bringing up with English Nick, was that uh, Neil Young has pulled his music from streaming services. I did see this story this week, yeah. He says not because of money, but because of sound quality. Sound quality. Yeah. Which, you know, I think this debate is really kind of silly. Uh, I, the sound quality, I don't think there's much difference. Like, Neil Young is a crank. I love it. I mean... <laughs> He's a brilliant song. He doesn't like Donald Trump. Well, good for him. There's something we agree on. I mean, look, he's a he's an artist, so they're all leftists. You can't get into that. Sure. But Neil Young is a great uh, songwriter and and has a great catalog. But he's been a crank for a long time. I remember he was against. <laughs> Remember he did that uh, this songs for you like when when rock songs were starting to be mm-hmm. used in advertising mm-hmm. he stood up and said no this is terrible it's wrong and that was the 80s and look at the world okay you did nothing there are, there's more pop music yes. being used for advertising it was just the way of the world that's the way things were going you don't have to sell your stuff to anybody if you don't mm-hmm. want to but don't tell everyone else you know what maybe someone had a hit 15 years ago and they're not doing so well right now and if Pillsbury comes along and says we want maybe yeah. that puts little money in their pockets Absolutely. you know so he's always like this purist and i don't think this i have a lot of friends who get uh you know the lps rather than the cds and supposedly there's supposed to be more dynamic range and i don't really think that that's true i looked into this and apparently when they were working on sonic ranges for the standard for cds they they left a lot of headroom and a lot on the low end in frequencies that we never everything is it's it's all accounted for there now you could have a bad pressing of a cd just like you have a bad pressing of anything else. But he was against that whole thing. Go back to LPs. Now you got this whole scam going on where hipsters go out and buy albums on on, on, on LP, yeah. but they were still recorded digitally. They yes. just said they recorded them digitally and then they make a an analog version, which isn't the same thing as recording an analog and putting it on an LP. I think Foo Fighters did it that way yep. with one LP. So you, it takes money. You got to be one of the established bands to be able to afford to do that, to fill that niche market. But I love my hipster friends. Oh, I only buy uh, LPs. And it's all digital music yeah. that was just put on, on LP. Plus, he has a competing thing. It's called is it called Pony or he has a, he has he's a, got uh, a digital download site yeah yeah the, the, he's it's it's a player that he actually he didn't invent but he got with people mm-hmm. and these are full files like raw files uh, apparently and so it's just like listening to the master I guess oh well but what are you listening to it on how many of us how many of us have uh, an audio setup so that we can take advantage of this little bit more frequency or on, at the top or bottom end that uh, Neil Young's player is, is going to... It's another thing. People do the uh, LP thing. They buy LPs, and they buy them at, like, Target or Walmart. They're one pieces. This is not how we used to listen to albums no. in the 70s. I mean, I, we used to hang speakers from certain areas. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> It's all a big scam. I love Neil Young, but he's just kind of cranky, I think. All right. I believe we got Greg back up there with us. We sure do. And we'll get one more story from Studio B1. And remember, we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. Welcome back. Channel 2's Brad Nitz is predicting a high of around 95. That translates to a 7 on your Mellish meter. Calibrate that at home. I know you have your little home version. Calibrate that to a 7. This weather report is brought to you by Shoemate. 
the official air conditioning of summer. Before we get back to Greg, who we do have back with us, uh, I just saw this picture that English Nick put up on my Facebook of us here today. And uh, great job there. But uh, one thing I have to say about myself, time for a diet. You know, you don't see yourself from the outside until you see a picture like this. <laughs> and, you know, I've accepted the fact that as I age, I'm just going to look more and more like a frog. Okay? I'm, I'm accepting of that. But the weight, that's something I could do something about. So maybe a little less French toast in the morning. And uh, I promise you my... Pictures will look a little bit better than that in the future, I hope. I'm, I don't even know if I can if I can go on. We only have one more segment. Makes it easy. Greg, very quickly, one more story. All right, I would also like to apologize. What happened was you talked about Clark Howard wearing shorts, and I recoiled, and I pulled the microphone off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 hit the, it hit the floor, and I had to, you know, it fix it. All right, well, give us one more story. All right, well, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, you're yeah. familiar with this book. Go set a watchman. It's a follow-up. It's about to be released, and uh, this, this this story is apparently ruining people's childhood because it, yeah, Atticus this, Finch apparently yeah he's, he's he in the first book he's a nice lawyer he he defends a black man who was accused of raping a woman in the 1930s in Alabama and his his kids loved him and now it turns out he's a racist yeah this is a weird thing with this book Go Set a Watchman this uh is her name Harper Lee that's is right the, so uh she wrote this book that she, she never wrote another book. This is a huge book, but she never wrote another book. Now, I never read the book. I never saw the movie because I, I Gregory Peck is one of those guys that does not draw me to a movie. Really? I, nah, he's always so smug. Huh. And it's always like, he's always, you know, the man in the gray flannel suit. It's always this, you know, social nonsense. I just, there's something about Gregory Peck. He just doesn't, I don't dig him. So I've never watched the movie and I've never read the book. But because the book's so famous, I know what it's about and I know, and I know the whole thing. And this Atticus Finch, but it's a weird thing is uh, Harper Lee is very old now and she's, or maybe early. 89. Yeah, early old. early dementia, and all of a sudden the money people found this, mm-hmm. and it turns out I think she wrote this before To Kill a Mockingbird, and yeah, I also I also feel like when she when she brought this to the publishers at first they said you know what this character is not very likable why don't you work on this some more and out of that came To Kill a Mockingbird, so this is kind of, I think I wonder how there she is with this and how much she understands it might be uh, a manuscript that she's not never been happy with she never went forward with it she had all of these years so I've got a feeling that uh, it's not going to be a very good book all the way around so uh, well, well quickly I do know that what you said is correct uh, this is apparently truer to the story she did want to release so I don't know if she would be unhappy with it, but someone's definitely taking advantage. Like, hey, remember that book you wanted to release? Yeah. The editor said you need yeah. to change. Yeah, and you're about to die, and we're your estate, and we want the money. So uh, yeah. how about you let us uh, do this? I think that they're taking advantage of her to a certain degree. But we got to run, Greg, because we're out of time. Uh, right. It's Greg Russ from Studio B1. Thank you very much. We do have to go. I want to thank Mary Ellen. I want to thank DeMarco. I want to thank Jared. I want to thank English Nick. And I want to remind you that at 4.30 this morning, the 15th annual News 95.5 AM. 750 WSB Carathon benefiting the Aflac Cancer Center and Blood Disorders Center of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta begins 4.30 and then it's two straight days. We will be there tomorrow night from 8pm to 10pm. We're working up some good acts. Try to get some mm-hmm. uh, some singing going on, some dancing fun. going on uh, and uh, we look forward to you listening and helping out for the next two days. You can get more of my stuff on ericvonline.com E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E dot com Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your weekend. But for now, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.